The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, September 7th, 2020. The woman in your life will do what she must do To comfort you and calm you down And let you rest now The woman in your life, she can rest so easily She does everything you do because the woman in your life is you. Welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holt, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Well, we're in the middle of a heat wave. Boy, you can really feel it. It's just amazing. All the different changes that we go through just living on this planet Earth. Well, I have a pretty exciting show this morning. Uh, the first segment joining me on the phone will be Debbie McKay, who's the president of the Sonoma County chapter of the League of Women Voters. Boy, they really have a job these la- next few months. Debbie will be uh, talking about a unique program that the League uh, is one of the sponsors of. It's called Make Your Voice Count, which will be happening this Wednesday between 7 and 8.30 p.m. And uh, Debbie's going to explain and give us all the information on how we can listen to it. And it's a Really unique idea, so I encourage you to stay to stay tuned to find out about this. Uh, for the second segment, also joining me on the phone will be Delachee Kamona uh, Benson, who is an African American Latina speaker, activist, mother, and full time student, and she's also among many many hats she wears. She's also the uh, president, excuse me, the co president of the Black Student Union here in at Santa Rosa Junior College. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about what's going on with the Black Student Union and some of the protests that have been happening in uh, downtown Santa Rosa. You know, what I also I found very interesting about Delachey and why I, re- I also invited her on the phone is for her inspiration. Uh, she's a, a young woman who raised seven children and now she's gone back to school, you know, and is, is studying at the, at the JC and has become very, very active. So I guess we would call her a re-entry student and a little information Information about me. I was also a re-entry school student. I went back to school when I was uh, 30 years old. I was the oldest one in all my classes. It was just amazing. And it was just at the height. It was the height, uh, when I went back to school, it was 1970, so it was in the height of a big re-entry program for women. You know, all of a sudden women wanted to get educated, wanted to do more, and there were a lot more single women with children, which was very, very interesting. That's another story in its Self. Well, today is Labor Day, and I want to dedicate this show, as I always do every year, to my dear departed father, Solomon Holtz, and his identical twin brother, Jack Holtz, who were members of the Mailers Union Number no. 9 in Los Angeles. And it's really interesting, when I asked my father one time, I said, Dad, how come, how come you're so adamant about being part of the union? And what he said to me very clearly, he said, Elaine, my love, I never met a boss who would give you a raise without a struggle. And that's what Labor Day is all about. And 
also I want to uh, dedicate this also to Ken's grandfather, Ralph Norton, who was also a member of the Printers Union in Los Angeles. And also a shout out to all those men and women who struggle for workers' rights and for unions who continue to struggle. I mean, it, even today as we talk, you know, in, in here in downtown Santa Rosa, we actually had a strike with the nurses that they were claiming that we didn't give them proper gear and equipment. I mean, it's it's never ending. It really is never ending. Well, you know, usually uh, when I record, when I do the show on Labor's Day, uh, right outside we're having the pancake breakfast, which is put on by the North Bay Labor Council. But this year is different, of course, because of the virus. This year is very different, and they had a special Zoom this morning. And, you know, usually I ask somebody to come on. You know, I go out to the breakfast, say hello to everybody, and then I invite one of the union, union women to come on in. Usually I have a, a dear, I'll do a shout out for Lisa Maldonado. She's one of our union organizers here in Sonoma County. Uh, usually she'll come in with somebody else, but that's not possible. So I thought I would do something uh, a little bit different. Uh, really, just, just do a little bit different. Give a little historical perspective. I mean, it was really interesting looking up Labor Day, trying to find out, you know, what it was all about. Well, today is Labor Day 2020. Uh, Labor Day is is a tribute to the contributions and achievements of American workers and is traditionally observed, which is today, on the first Monday in September. That's today, September 7th. It was created by the labor movement in the late 19th, can you imagine, in the late 19th century, and it became an actual federal holiday in 1894. Labor Day weekend also symbolizes the end of the summer for many Americas and is celebrated with parties, street parades, and athletic events. And, you know, this year we have to be a really a lot careful. So folks that are going out and celebrating, make sure you wear your mask, make sure you have social distancing. I mean, this is no joke, this, this virus. Well, you know, with the pandemic, things are different. Like I said, in Sonoma County, in lieu of a pancake breakfast, our local unions and Jobs for Justice did a celebration on Zoom. I, I like to joke about it and say, you know, we're no longer boomers, we're now joomers. Wow. And I think that is very, very creative. You know, let, let's, you know, why do I ask the question, why do we celebrate labor? You know, particularly when you look at today with all the outsourcing that we do and all the struggles as later is going on. And here, this, this celebration has been going on since 1894. So, you know, labor has been struggling forever. You know, and so it's really important to look at the past. I often say our history is our strength. You know, when we understand that here it was in the late 1800s, just listen to the late 1800s at the height of the Industrial Revolution in the United States, the average American worked 12 hours a day. Are you ready for this? 12 hours a day. My back already hurts. And seven day weeks in order to eke out a basic living. Despite restrictions in some states, listen to this, children as young as five or six toiled in mills, factories, mines across the country, earning a fraction of their adult counterpart wages. Can you believe that? Children as young as five going into the labor market you know, working in mines, I mean, the lung disease. I mean, when you think about it, it's mind-boggling. 
people of all ages, particularly the very poor and recent the recent uh, my, uh, immigrants there, and you know my family. I come from a, from immigrants. My my grandmother came. One grandmother came from Russia. And one grandmother came from Poland, and they were faced they were faced with very unsafe working conditions. In fact, when I went and I studied uh, when I went to Sonoma State in 1973, uh, I believe it was or it was seven yeah 73. When I was part of women's studies, we were in a uh, historical class, and suddenly I realized that women at this time, in order for them to go to work. They had to sometimes put their children in closets with the day's rations. Can you imagine that? And people, they lived, worked in unsafe working conditions with inefficient access to fresh air, sanitary facilities, and breaks. Can you imagine working 12 hours a day with no lunch break and no break, no 15-minute break? I mean, come on, guys. You know, we should, every time we see a union sign, we should kiss it. I mean, can you believe that? Can I mean, I when I was doing this historical uh, research, I thought to myself, man, I just want people to know about this. Okay, so we, you know, we understand that people were very poor trying to, um, you know, trying to organize. Well, what happened was... Because people were organizing and they were striking at that time, they were trying to get better conditions for the worker. Many of the events, many of the events turned violent during that period. And what's so interesting is the workers would be out there protesting and the police would come in with their billy clubs and that was the violence. Instead of listening to the workers, instead of sitting down and negotiating, I mean, that's what my, my, my father said it over and over to me. Elaine, I never met a boss who's not going to give you a raise without a struggle. So what happened was in 1886, several Chicago policemen and workers were killed. Others gave rise to long-standing traditions. On September 5th, 1882, 10,000 workers took unpaid work time off to march from City Hall to Union Square in New York City holding the first Labor Day parade in United States history. Well, we've come a long way. We have come a long way. And let me tell you, one of the things that was so shocking to me, I was listening to a news report, and all of a sudden I realized that people don't get sick leave anymore. I mean, I'm from the old school. You know, when I went to work, I had three weeks vacation. I had sick leave. I had benefits. I mean, I, 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 mean, I cannot believe how the workplace and the American worker's life has changed. And we need to look at that, folks. Without unions, we don't have a chance. Let's put it that way. So I want to do a shout-out. I want to do a shout-out for all the people who have stood up in the name of labor, in the name of better conditions for people. And I want to honor, you know, this is a woman's show. And I believe our history is our strength. And one of my heroes... One of my deep down heroes is a woman by the name of Frances Perkins. Frances Perkins was the first labor secretary, female labor secretary in the United States. Now, you, can you imagine? She was appointed during Roosevelt, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt appointed her because she had a strong background and belief in employer employee rights and negotiations. She did not believe in child labor. She wanted to see child labor laws come up. She 
felt it was a travesty against children, against the future of our nation. She loved the idea of Social Security for the old people, you know, like me. I mean, I mean, I'm an old person now. I depend on my Social Security. I mean, I worked hard. I paid into it. I hate when they say the word entitlement. Of course it's an entitlement. I'm entitled to it because I paid into it. I had an agreement with the government. If I gave X amount of dollars when I got to be an older woman that I could retire, I could get X amount of dollars back. That did not come easy. And it was a woman like Frances Coralie Perkins, who was born April 10th, 1880, and passed away May 14th, 1965, She was an American sociologist and workers' right advocate who served as the U.S. Secretary of Labor from 1933 to 1945. The longest person's, the longest time that a person served in that position. And she was very, very much behind the New Deal. And that's what that uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, remember at that time we were at the height of one of the worst depressions the United States has ever known. And this woman came along, started the New Deal, worked with all the labor. I mean, I can just think, you know, John Lewis was the AFL-CIO. He was the leader, and he was a big guy, let me tell you, and he was a rough guy. And here was Frances Perkins. She was, a, she was a small woman, and she always wore a hat. Her mother told her that she had a square face, and in order for her to look more attractive, she always had to wear this black hat. So she did for the, her whole life. But I just can't imagine what it must have been like, her sitting there with all these union guys, the only woman in the room. Come on, guys. I mean, this is a piece of history that we need to honor. You know, she worked, and she created the Fair Labor Standards. She established the first minimum wage and overtime laws for American workers and defined the standard 40-hour week. She formed governmental policy for working with labor unions and helped to alleviate strikes by the way of the United States Conciliation Service. Perkins dealt with many labor questions during World War II when skilled labor was vital and women were moving into formerly male jobs. What a woman. So a shout out to Frances Corley Perkins and to let her know how much we appreciate her and to thank her for what she brought to the American worker. Well, that's a lot to think about, you know. But, you know, she was just an ordinary woman doing extraordinary things. And a little background about her. She had a disabled child, so she was dealing with that also. And her husband had emotional problems. So to me, she demonstrated not only will but strength and purpose, and integrity, and a vision, a vision, a vision for the American worker that she could bring forward. And let me tell you something, it is very sad if we lose that. If we lose that, it is very, very sad. So I encourage people, pay attention to what's going on, support your unions, and so particularly when they go out and they start making demands. I mean, I can't believe they would that our nurses didn't have protective gear. But thank God they're unionized and they can go out and strike and show how valuable they are and come on. Let's get the stuff together. Let's make us safe. Amazing story. So, again, a shout-out to Frances Perkins, one of my heroes. Well, on a happy, happy note, 
I want to say happy birthday to my great-granddaughter, Satori Trinity Jensen. She turned two years old yesterday. And I couldn't believe it. I saw her when she was about three or four minutes old. And here she is, two minutes, excuse me, two years old. And I saw her when she was three minutes old, uh, three minutes old. It's just amazing. I mean, I can't believe two years old. And to watch this little being grow is such, I mean, the children are our future. And what we put into them is what they come out. She's so cute. She calls herself her. She gave herself a nickname, Say-Say. Oh, my God, it's so cute. And she waves goodbye and says, I love you. And I look at her, and I feel that sense of pride. But I know there's not a mother, there's not a grandmother out there that doesn't feel that way. So we must protect our children at all costs. We must secure a future for them. So happy birthday, Satori Trinity Jensen, born September on 6th, let's see, two years ago, that would be 2018. Boy, what a, what a little doll she is. And also a happy, happy birthday to my beautiful niece, Yulon Sophia Holtz, whose birthday is going to be two days ahead. She's going to be on the 9th, and that's also my father's birthday. My father was also born on September 9th. And Yulon comes to us in a very way, and she's from, she's a little girl from China, and I just, she is just an amazing, an amazing, an amazing young woman. Very independent, very independent, very intelligent, very bright, loves sports, you know, works in the base, she was working in the sports field with going and traveling around and taking all different pictures, and now with the pandemic, of course, she's, she might have to come home for a while. I mean, these young people are going through so many changes. So happy birthday to Satori and happy birthday to Yulon. And let me tell you something. I am so blessed that both of you have come into my life. And I'm going to play a very special song. We're going to take a, uh, we're going to take a musical break. And I'm dedicating this to both Satori and Yulon. It's one of my favorite songs. It's called Forever Young. And the first time I heard it, I heard it sung by Bob Dylan. And I always thought that Bob Dylan wrote this song. But I found out, every, when I do history on these songs, it's really interesting. I found out that it was Rod Stewart that actually wrote this song for his children. Bob Dylan, somehow there was a, a mix-up in the recording. Something happened, I'm not sure. And they end up sharing the royalties together. But the credit for this song originally goes to Rod Stewart. And it's a beautiful song. So we're going to listen to Forever Young. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with Deborah McKay, the president of the League of Women Voters. Uh, the Sonoma County chapter, and it's a very active chapter, and she's going to talk about a special event that they're going to be hosting this Wednesday. So let's go ahead, Ken, and listen to Forever Young. May God bless and keep you always. May your wishes all
Just know the truth and see the light surrounding you. May you always be courageous, stand upright and be strong. And may you stay forever young. And may you stay forever If only that were possible, huh? Well, once again, happy birthday to my great-granddaughter, Satori Trinity Jensen, and also to my niece, Yulon Sophia Holtz, who came into my life, both of you, and I feel so blessed. Thank you so much for being there, and just lovely. Yulon is just amazing, an amazing young woman. Anyway, for you folks just joining us, you are listening to KBBF 89.1 FM, Calistoga, Santa Rosa. I want to remind my listeners the opinions addressed here, expressed here, are not necessarily the opinions of KBBF, its board of directors, its members, and women's spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And boy, I'll tell you, that song just hits me right in the heart. (laughs) And without further ado, I want to introduce my special guest. Joining me on the phone is Debbie McKay, president of the Sonoma County Chapter of the League of Women Voters. Welcome, Betty. Welcome. Oh, one one thing before I welcome uh, Debbie, I just want to announce that the song Forever Young was sung by Andrea May (laughs) and the Forest Rangers. I just want to make sure I get Give her credit. What? Oh, the paper. Okay. You know, we're live here, folks, Kim. We're going back and forth. It's just so exciting. Anyway, without further ado, I want to introduce Debbie McKay, who's the president of the Sonoma County Chapter of the League and Women Voters. Welcome, Debbie. Welcome to Women's Spaces once again. Good morning, Elaine. I love that song. It's very inspiring. Well, you know what I found out? It's very interesting. I always thought it was written by Bob Dylan, and I found out it was actually written by uh, Rod Stewart. And one of the things he says uh, when I looked up the historical context of the song, he said, this is my favorite song because it was a real heartfelt song about my children. And that was that was amazing. Well, Debbie, before, before we start talking about the event that's coming up, talk a little bit about the league. Tell us a little bit about it. I mean, a lot of folks don't know how long the league is 
has been around and what its function is. Well, the League has been around for 100 years, and it grew out of the suffrage movement. And here locally in Sonoma County, we've been around for about 60 years. And our main mission is to help voters register to vote and also help people become informed voters. So one of the things we do and that we're doing again this year is we hold nonpartisan forums about the local candidates who are running for office. And right now, that's primarily cities and towns. All of our city and town council races, except for the city of Sonoma, are contested races this year. And about all, close to two dozen women are running. So that's very exciting. Well, let me ask you a question. You know, do you, do you think that do you think that these seminars or these presentations really help voters make decisions? Yes, because they get to see firsthand what the voter, what the uh, candidates are thinking, and they also get to submit their own questions. They can submit questions, and so they they are able to ask the candidates about things that are important to them. And all the information about how to participate in these forums is on our league website, and that's at www lwvsonoma.org and there's a tab there about our forums and you can find out the dates when they're happening how to submit a question and how to watch them we're going to live stream them on both Facebook Live and YouTube Live and then we take the YouTube video and we have a YouTube channel and we save that so if they can't watch the night of the event they can go ahead and watch at a later time And we already held our first one last Wednesday, and we had over 400 people tune in to that one. And now there's more people that are going to the YouTube site and tuning in when it fits in their schedule. But it gives people a real firsthand look at who the candidates are and what their priorities are. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. One of my theories is, and I wonder if you agree with me, that local elections are almost more important than presidential. I mean, these are the people that that govern your life here in your own county. So would you agree or disagree with that? Yes, it's actually surprising how many decisions that local officials make. I mean, how many people know that they're in charge of a budget for how much is spent on the police, how much is spent on our roads, how much is spent on our water system. So they make a lot of decisions that affect us every day. Uh, also crime uh, suppression because some of them have programs that try to stop people from taking that pathway. And so they, they run an awful lot of things that affect our daily lives. And they, you can learn more about that when you attend these candidate nights because you'll hear people asking questions about the various responsibilities that local officials have. Well, I know it's a labor of love for you, Debbie. I mean, I, I love interviewing you. Your enthusiasm and the information that you give to people is just is, is so timely as far as I'm concerned. So let, let's talk about this new program that's coming up. And I, I, when, you, when we first talked on the phone and you told me about it, I, I just thought, number one, it's very creative, very a new idea that I haven't heard of before. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's called Make Your Voice Count. Right? Yes, it's going to be happening this Wednesday, September 9th, from 7 to 8.30. And it's kind of different from what we usually do. This is going to be focused on the Santa Rosa City Council candidates that are in District 1. This is the first time this district is going to be able to vote for a city council member. And it's in the Roseland area. And we wanted to uh, give voice to the people who live in that area and find out what are their issues, what are they concerned about. So it's a partnership between the Northern California Public Media, LOCN, and Community Action Partnership. 
And Community Action Partnership has a wonderful program where they work with youth and uh, give them practice on community engagement and give them practice on civics. So there's actually going to be two young women from that program, Maria Cruz Dominguez and Ana Sanchez, who are going to lead this event. And they're going to be translating it both ways, in English and Spanish. And they are going to be commenting from the perspective of youth about the issues that come up during the forum. So people will be able to watch this uh, through the Facebook page for uh, Community Action Partnership Sonoma. So that's uh, facebook.com and then slash C-A-P Sonoma. And so that's how people can tune in. That's how they can submit their comments. And then these two young women will be picking those up, sharing them with everyone who's watching, and giving their own perspectives on it. So it's going to be a lively evening, and I think it's going to be interesting. And I'll quickly tell you there's a couple of other things that are going to be happening. We're also going to be sharing with people how to register for vote, how to go to the voter registrar's website and sign up to track their ballots. So we're going to be providing some of the nuts and bolts about voting as well. Well, I know when we were talking, there was the new concept about how you can track your vote. Yes, there is. Yes, it's called Where's My Ballot? And it's actually a program that's through the Secretary of State. So you can go to the Secretary of State's website or you can go to our local Registrar of Voters website and sign up for that. And you'll be able to see where your ballot is from the time you... Uh, put it in the mail or put it in the drop box till it gets to the county registrar's office and gets counted. You'll be able to see right where your ballot is all along the way. Oh my God, that's amazing! I mean, we've been doing so many things. You know, people are people all of a sudden are so nervous about you know the vote. You know, we, we should we vote? Shouldn't we vote? All that other good stuff. But it looks like the government and even locally are t- trying to take care of it in a way that is very positive. Yeah, actually, there's the one other new thing that um, the voter registrar was doing this year. She got funding from the Board of Supervisors to locate 25 drop boxes around the county where people can directly deposit their ballots. And these are secure. They are staffed. You know, they come around and pick up the ballots from the staff of the voter registrar's office. And we currently have three of them in the county, but they felt that wasn't enough because people are concerned about the mail. And also, I don't know how many people know this, but there is a drive-up window at the voter registrar's office where 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can drive through the drive-through window and put your ballot in, and then you know they've gotten it for sure. And their office is at 435 Fiscal Drive in Santa Rosa. So if you really want to make sure they get your ballot, use the drive-up window. Well, you know, what's interesting about this election with so much so much concern about the post office and, you know, with the president saying it's going to be rigged and all the other stuff that's going on, what I like about what's happening is people are becoming more aware of how important the vote is and being more aware of how they can get that ballot in there. And I want to throw something in right now. Uh, the Sonoma County Gazette right now is on the street, and if we have Santa Rosa Snippet. There's a whole section that we wrote about if you if you don't vote, your vote doesn't count. And we got the approval from the uh, the registrar's office, so it's it's very accurate. That'll give people some information. And then, of course, your seminars. Well, we're coming to the end of our segment, so let's give the uh, website one more time how people can see it. That's going to be this Wednesday, that's September ninth, from yes. seven to from seven to eight thirty. And the and the website where they can watch it is 
www.facebook.com backslash C-A-P Sonoma backslash. And uh, so they can watch it live on that on uh, the Community Action Partnerships Facebook page. So if you can't remember that website, just Google Community Action Partnership Sonoma, and you'll find their website well, and their Facebook page. Well, Debbie, any last words you'd like to share with our listeners? I just think it's great all you're doing to make people aware of how to vote and the importance of voting and keep up the good work. Well, thank you, and I can say the same thing to you. Let's, let's hear one more time the League of Women Voters, their website. Oh, yes. So you can find out all about voting and our forums at www.lwvsonoma.org. So we have a calendar of all our events, and we answer a lot of questions about voting. Oh, and also if people are interested in that program to track their ballot, we have a link they can click on to go and sign up for Amazing. Boy, it sounds like you're a very popular person. (laughs) (laughs) Very busy person right now. It's it's amazing. I'll just tell my listeners, did you have a good swim? Pardon me? Did you have a good swim? Oh, yes. I I go, I do water aerobics to keep myself sane through all of this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Debbie McKay, the president of the Sonoma County chapter of the League of Women Voters for all that you do. And a reminder to my listeners, all the information, all the websites you heard will always be on www.womenspaces.com. And once again, to remind you, it's called Community Action Project, right, Debbie? Community Action Partnership. Partnership. And if you go on their website, you can find the links and everything that you need to hear this special presentation on Wednesday. So thank you once again, Debbie. And good thank luck. You. And good luck with it. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing it and seeing it because it just sounds like such a creative and a new idea. Let's talk to our candidates. Let, let them know. Instead of them telling us what we're gonna, they're gonna do, let's let, a, let them know what we need from them and then see how they're going to respond. So thank you so much for doing that. Okay. Thank you, Elaine. Wow. I'll tell you. So many great women in our community. I mean, my hat, a big shout out to Debbie McKay and her group. They really are an active league. I mean, I am so impressed. I mean, they were so active with the the women's suffrage project that we all celebrated uh, last month. And just a shout out to everybody. Well, we're going to take a break. We're going to take a musical break. And you know something? I, you know, with everything that's going on, and we're going to talk to Delachey uh, Benson, who's going to be talking about the Black Student Union and some of the protests that are going to be going on. And I decided I was going to play this song. It's called Bella Child, Kyos, B-E-L-L-A. The next word is C-I-A-O. It's an Italian song. for it, And what it means is goodbye, beautiful. So here's what I found out. The tune is an Italian folk song that goes back as far as the late 19th century, first appearing among the rice paddy workers of Italy's Po Valley. Rice farming is hard labor, requiring workers to stand for hours on end in deep knee water with their backs bent over. I mean, God, can you believe that? Work was also very low playing, very low paying. And they used to sing this song. And then later on, by 1943, they had striked and they were getting decent wages and were able to work in a better environment. You know, when I read this about about kneeling in rice paddies and water and their aches in their back, and I think of, you know, unions are so important. 
You know, workers' rights are our rights. You know, we the people, I mean, it, it just it's just stunning to me when I read these things. So I'm going to play this song, and then when we come back, we'll be talking to, uh, let me look at my notes, we'll be talking to Delachey Kimona Benson, who's a community activist and president of the Black Student Union at Santa Rosa JC. She wears many, many hats, and we're going to talk about what's going on, and I'm really looking forward to it. And let's go ahead, Ken, and let's play Bella Chow, and then we'll come back with our next segment. We want to change our world right now, today, this moment. Well, welcome back. You are listening to Women's Spaces, and I am your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And without further ado, I want to introduce my next guest. Joining me on the phone is Delachey Camarona Benson. Welcome, Delachey. Welcome to Women's Spaces. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm really excited about this, you know, and before we begin, I'd like to tell my listeners just a little bit about you. Is that okay? And I want you to explain the first sentence that I say when we start the interview. Delachey Kimona Benson, she slash her slash Ella, she is an Afro-Latina who was born in Puerto Rico and raised outside of Chicago. She wears many hats in the community. She is vice president of Uplifting Black Leaders, co-president of Black Student Union, and the president of AIDE Advocacy, Inclusion, Diversity, and Equity. 
and she also is vice president of the vine on the uh, what's this the finance of on student government at the Je- uh, Santa Rosa's AC. She is lead on a committee that is fighting for child protection services and reform by supporting the Family First Act. And a little bit of personal stuff about her, which I find absolutely amazing. She's a mother of seven children which includes twins. By the way, I had my father was an identical twin. And she went back to school. Right now she's at school at the age of 50. She is majoring in humanities and ASL. I believe ASL is studying sign languages. Is that true? Yes. Anything else you'd like to add, my friend? Well, I'd like to uh, make a bit of a correction now. Okay. Uh, When I wrote this uh, bio for you, I was the vice president of finance at SRJC. But I am now the president of the student government. Oh, my God. Congratulations. What an honor Thank that you. is. Well, yeah. you know, before we begin, I, the, I, explain the she, her, Ella to me. And also, you raise seven children, and I imagine they're grown and someone on their own, and then suddenly you decide to go back to school. What, what motivated you, and why do you believe education is important? Okay, um, she, her, Aya are my pronouns. And so when I introduce myself, I always love to put my pronouns on there, she, her, and Aya. Education for me is the utmost importance. And the reason is why is that I myself grew up um, in Chicago and outside of Chicago. The community that I grew up in was, I would say, 97% white. By the time I got to high school, I couldn't relate with these teachers. I, I, I just, I couldn't, I loved learning, but I hated school. And so I dropped out of, I dropped out of high school, got married, became a military wife. And in the process, I ended up in Mississippi. When I got to Mississippi, where it's prominently black, I went back to school and I graduated valedictorian of my class. And I learned then the importance of education, the importance of having a culturally competent teacher or professor teaching. And from that moment then, I I realized I need to homeschool my kids. So I homeschooled my kids, waited until they all went off to college and they're all very successful. And then now I'm back in college to finish my own journey. Well, part of your journey is on... You're extremely active. I mean, I'm looking at all these different things that you're doing. I mean, it kind of reminds me when I was going to Sonoma State was the height of women's studies. And, man, we were all involved in so many different aspects of the school. But it sounds like, you know, you're really, your activism has really escalated as you went back to school. Why, why do you feel that's important? And what, what is motivating you at this particular time? When I was at home homeschooling the kids, that kept me preoccupied. We did a lot of hands-on. And as the nest got empty, I had all this energy. Um, one of the things that I've been told repeatedly is 50 is the height of your age. Um, it's like the new 20s, I guess. But just going around and seeing all the social injustices that we're dealing with now, it, it, just, it just fires me up. And I want changes, like so many. And it's going to take, it always, I always tell people it starts with you. Like, what are you doing to help make these changes? 
So before I can go out there and protest and be an activist and ask people to change, I myself have to be part of that change. Well, I, I couldn't I couldn't have said it any better, that's for sure. Well, you know, talking about making change and talking about what's going on in the world, I think it's so important to have you on, particularly since you're the co-president of the Black Student Union. And so much is going on around young people, particularly black uh, African-American students. So talk a little bit about the Black Student Union, what their goals are, what their motivation is, and what are some of the things that they are really concerned about today, and how are they? Th- how do you think they're handling it, and how do you feel that you're helping handling it with them? Well, living in Sonoma County, we are less than 2% um, BIPOC, black indigenous people of color here. And so we have to work harder than other communities where there are more BIPOC. And so we at BSU this year, we're going to really, really focus on social injustices. Um, we're having this rally on August, um, August, September 26th, and that's just like ending our summer off with a bang. But we're really working towards voting rights, um, wanting to, to voice our opinions on refugee crisis, on the hunger and food insecurity. We live in a county where there's so many um, rich winery owners and they get all these tax breaks. I, really, the fact that Sonoma County even has homelessness is insane. Last year, the percentage of homelessness at SRJC was 25%. And I can only imagine that this year is higher. We're really going to be fighting for equality and working on income gaps within SRJC and hopefully within our community. Do you? How do you feel the students are responding to all this? I mean, it it just feels like it's just to me. It's so overwhelming when I think if I was a young person right now, just to think of what the world is going on. How do you? How do you feel they're really responding and what their what their feelings are deep down inside? What I've picked up on our students, and keep in mind that I'm 50, and a lot of them are, you know, of course, more than half my age. Oh, I know that one. <laughs> they're, 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 so, they're so fired up. This, that generation is ready for changes. They want, they don't want their children to grow up in the same injustices that we have grown up in. Um, they want reform. They, they're, they're, they're on fire. And the, I just am so amazed with even just the students at SRJC that we're dealing with coronavirus. We're dealing with upcoming fire season. And, you know, and then they're all back to school online instead of in person. It's just been drastic changes. And on top of that, Black Lives Matter. We have uh, an election coming up that's, that's just bringing racism to the forefront. And they still are at these meetings, still wanting to fight. It's a beautiful sight. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that because I think it's very important to understand that students, when they're protesting, when they're out there, they're trying to secure a better future for themselves and with the hope of having a family themselves and let that family have a better future also. So it's a fairly important, it's an important uh, concept and idea that people have to understand. Well, I'm 
was very interested when, when I, I have my listeners, excuse me, my people that I interview, I have them give me uh, five questions. And one of the things in your questions was is that you're part of a group. It's called, I believe you started it. It's called AIDE, Advocacy, Inclusion, Diversity, and Equity. Uh, what are those goals and what is that uh, program all about and who is involved in it? Um, I started that group at SRJC, um, and the group is includes all students, all clubs, all leaders at SRJC working together for the betterment of all the students. We we don't look at who you are, your beliefs, um, all that stays out the door. We all come together and collaborate each other, support each other's events, and help each other. Uh, bringing our own skills and what we've learned at SRJC and then sharing it amongst each other so that we can together collaborate to make each other's events more more prosperous for everyone and to build up their membership and also to work within the community. SRJC is community-owned, so I encourage all of the clubs and leaders to work with the community as well. Well, it's, it's really important. So do you meet monthly? Do you meet weekly? How do you come together? We meet every Friday at 2 p.m. and Zoom 707-477-5693. Well, if, is, it, do you invite people to join? Because if you invite people to join, I'm happy to list it on our website that people can, you know, how they can join and how they can become part of it, to, at least to see what the youth is doing. I invite the community to any and all of SRJC's events and clubs. Again, SRJC is owned by the community, and I feel that the community working with the students, that's amazing. I invite the community to always come to all, come to our SGA meetings, come to everything, be part of our community college. Yes, now just to remind people that all the information will be on www.womenspaces.com. Well, you know, we're coming to the end of our segment, but I know that you're very involved with uh, Child Protective Services. What are some of your goals there, rather quickly, and what, what, why do you feel reforms are necessary, or what are you looking at at this time? I often tell people that as a BIPOC person, I actually can take three fatalities. I can get put in jail. They can kill me. But please don't come take my children. And we need to reform CPS so that we have culturally competent social workers that are able to work with people. We shouldn't be afraid to ask for help. Um, I'm fighting for the Family First Act, which gives incentives to CPS for keeping a family together, unifying a family, not breaking them down. What, what do you mean by that, not breaking them down? As a person who is BIPOC, what I've experienced my whole lifetime is watching CPS break down families, taking our children unjustly most of the time. I'm not going to say that we're not, we don't need them. We absolutely need CPS Children Protective Services. We need that. But we need them to be culturally competent to hold those positions so we're working with the CPS here in Sonoma County with uh, Nick Honey, who is the director, and he has been open to changes, and we have been making the movement. And it always starts with dialogue, and so that's the most wonderful part of this reform. The dialogue has begun. Well, as, as the last question, 
for for you is particularly since you're so involved in the community. Why do you think doing all these things is important? What 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 do you think is the basic thing that happens by being involved like this and getting other people involved? Because we're not running out of time. The time has ran out. The things that I do in the community, these things should have been done. And the fact that we are demanding for these changes is sad. We're demanding for changes that should have been done, I can even go 400 plus years ago. It's time for change. Well, Bob Dylan wrote a great song. The times they are changing, <laughs> and they sure are. Yeah. And I, they can't be, they can't change fast enough, right? Absolutely. Well, we're at the end of our segment, my friend. Any last words, websites that you would like to tell folks about? I would like to share my flyer with you. Hopefully, you can put it on there. We at BSU at UBL, which is uplifting Black leaders and other organizations are coming together for this social um, justice rally. Again, September 26th, downtown Santa Rosa Square. We need speakers. We need entertainers. We need your support. And I hope that everyone out there listening will come out and support us. Okay, so that's going to be September 26th, and we will put we will have your flyer on our website, www.womenspaces.com, and you're looking for some funders, you're looking for speakers, you're looking for people to participate. Do you have a website or uh, how they can get in contact with you? Yes, um, the information is on the flyer, and I hope that everyone comes out. We, we need community support. Our young, uplifting leaders need to know that Sonoma County supports us. And we'd like to have the all over come in and support us. We need need help. So is there a website or an email they can get a hold of you? Yes, my email is carmonabenson at gmail.com. Can you spell that out, my friend? C-A-R-M-O-N-A-B-E-N-S-O-N at gmail.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Della Shea, for being on Women's Spaces. And thank you, shout out, for all that you're doing. It's just amazing, you know, how involved you are and how many how many things you're bringing alive and bringing change, helping to bring change. I want to thank you. And you absolutely have my support, and I'm happy to announce it on Women's Spaces as it gets closer. And we will definitely have a flyer on www.womenspaces.com. And also I will have Della Shea's uh, email on there that you can contact with her. Well, thank you so much, and enjoy this wonderful day today. Another day to be active, another day to help make change. Thank you so much for having me. I was so excited to be here, and I love your radio station, Well, your, I, your program. Well, I really want to really acknowledge the fact that, you know, if, if there's a woman out there that wants to get active or go back to school or do, you know, do something, make her life a little bit better. Here are two examples of two women who went to school later in life and accomplished as much as they've accomplished. So it can be done if you just step to the plate and have the courage and the confidence. Well, folks, that's it for our show. A special thank you to Delache Carmona Benson, who is an Afro-American Latina speaker, activist, and the co-president of the Black Student Union at Santa Rosa Junior College, also vice president of Uplifting Black Leaders. And now she, I believe that she's just be, she's the head, uh, 
right now she's also working with uh, Child Protective Services. And also a special shout out to Debbie McKay, the president of the League of Women Voters and Please go on our website at www.womenspaces.com. You'll get all the different information, all the different flyers, everything that's going on in the community. You can find out on that. And reminder, a reminder, our children are the future. And tell your friends that Women's Spaces will be on tonight at 11 p.m. again. Anyway, this is Elaine Behold. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to being with you the next time. Take you home now The woman in your life She can wait so easily She knows everything you do Because the woman in your life is you Because the woman in your life The woman in your life The woman in your life The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, September 7th, 2020.